podcast listeners. You are listening to another episode of The Long Journey Home. I'm your host, Corbin Johnson, and I thought I'd start off tonight's discussion with some updates to the 1E game show that are coming in the next, uh, this week. Uh, with any luck, I'll be taping another episode of that, uh, Saturday. And you can expect it to be a fantastic show. And after I discuss this, we'll just talk about some of, uh, what's going on in the truck world. So, you know, <clears throat> I tried to, I, it's been, uh, what, uh, almost a half a year since I've recorded an episode of the game show. So I've been busy. I've been moving. I uh, finally moved in to a new house. Very exciting. I love it. I have my own little room. It's my, my man cave where all my cards are. Got a monitor hooked up for my MacBook Pro. It's going to be super fun. Anywho, so now that we're settled in and we're not looking for a house anymore and all my... I, I suddenly... Hopefully, I have some more free time. Uh, that that could be an illusion. So I've decided to freshen up the game show and try to record some more episodes. So everyone who participates now will get a skill button uh, as well as a pack of cards. And if you win the show, you get another pack of cards. But if you win the game, uh, if you win the bonus round, you'll have a choice between a third pack or a VP uh, foil. So totally up to the player on what they want there. So a little bit of extra prizes, which I think is fun. I'm bringing back the original round to raise the stakes, where you would choose questions for your opponent from questions for your opponent, choose three of the four, and then add a hint. Because... I do get very little feedback on the show, but when I did get feedback, everyone was saying they missed round two. So, since I have no idea how often I'll produce an episode, I might as well spend the extra time to make that round a little bit more interesting. I am trying to make the show a little faster, too, and we'll see how that goes. I'm going to introduce the players as the game progresses instead of spending time up front to do that. I don't think that's such a bad thing, and you see a lot of shows doing that right now. I, I'm not. There's no time constraint, but I think listeners might enjoy getting more game in for less time. And most people say they listen to podcasts on their way to work anyway, to and from work, and that'll give uh, I don't know, compress what's been a 50-minute show into 30 minutes. I think might make for an easier time listening to the show, and maybe people will want to listen to it more. So, and Fizbin's still around. I am getting rid of the obscure answer thing. There's a lot to keep track of, and it's hard to ship an OTSD. But, um, keeps the game a little bit more streamlined. So those are the updates I have for the show. Tune in. Hopefully I'll publish Saturday as well. We'll see. I'm hoping to play some Trek with a friend that night as well. So, going to be a nice Trek-filled weekend for me. Sunday, I've got a traditional tournament for second edition I'm going to. And I don't know what I'm playing yet. If I had to choose right now, I'd probably go with cadets. That's what I took last time to a, to a traditional tournament, just because I know they're good. But I don't know. I'm not sure I really want to build a new deck for this 
I'm sure I'll net deck something. So hopefully there's some interesting traditional decks up there. Voyager might be fun. I don't know. Anyway. <clears throat> so in other Trek news, Make It So's first challenge is up. It is to basically make a dilemma. It's one dilemma. And that's it. So, uh, as a designer, do I have any advice? Um, kiss, I suppose. Keep it simple. Uh, try to stay within design boundaries. You know, really, that is, make sure you follow the directions of the challenge. Be sure to read the articles that have been written by Charlie on this. And have fun. Uh, I, I did enjoy reading through all of the applications. Everyone has an interesting take on design. At least design as they see it now. And I've been very vocal on the boards about Make It So. I really want this to be a learning experience and not just a, oh, I felt that this player, this designer, designed cards that I'd like better, and so I'm going to go with you. Ugh, such a waste. Honestly, I don't even think us as designers, frankly, know what we're doing. We all have a hodgepodge of ideas of what we want, what we're doing. And I think as long as the structure of Make It So is well-defined as to what we're looking for as cards, now, I'm not judging this um, challenge. I don't even know if I will be judging one. I was told I would be, but I don't, you know. So anyway, as just advice, follow the rules, follow the guidelines, and then... I don't really know what's going to help out most. I mean, I, what I really hope happens... Here's what I really hope. I hope challenge one is make a dilemma. I hope challenge two is make that dilemma better based on the advice you're given from feedback in round one. Anything other than that, I don't think is going to be very helpful in the long run. So we'll see what happens. I really just want everyone to learn, the whole community... We need to learn how to design better. And hopefully this will be a chance for people to say, well, why isn't this how we design? Or could we use this aspect while we design? And hopefully learn things like bottom-up, top-down. Take any lessons we can from Magic and Mark Rosewater and apply them as best we can. Right now, it's very black box. I think we, we don't have professional designers that work for us anymore. Once Brad left, that was it. So we are looking at how other people design things from the outside with maybe a little help from Brad, who I don't think ever helped us with 1E, and kind of backwards engineering it. And maybe that's good. Maybe it's the best we can do. But I always think we can strive to be better and We'll just see where it goes. And hopefully this, there's always this idea of fresh blood in the design pool. Fantastic. 
we should always get new people added into design as much as we can. So this will hopefully be a chance for us to get fresh blood into the pool. So I'm looking forward to seeing submissions for this. And I really just hope that we avoid artificially plucking out which cards are good or bad on made-up nonsense criteria. All right, that's enough on Make It So. What else is going on right now? Actually, before we leave the topic of Make It So, I, you know, as I think about the challenge and, and not just generally how design should work, I considered, I've been considering that it is a dilemma challenge and my favorite, one of my favorite things to do in design is not design personnel and not nouns, but verbs. And I'll consider dilemmas verbs. So uh, I, I personally love designing dilemmas and I think dilemmas are one of the more interesting things to design and the advice that was given in the articles about design dilemmas I think is adequate and useful and I thought I'd maybe discuss I I talked about this a little bit when I talked to Daniel on Assimilate This when we talked about designing Engage and I talked about what it was like for me to design dilemmas so One of my favorite dilemmas that came out in Engage was, do you smell something burning? Which was originally an idea I thought of called, kind of a top-down idea called Kirk's eggs and Riker's eggs. You've got Kirk on the planet making eggs. You've got Riker making eggs in space making uh, eggs. (laughs) So I thought, well... We, you know, there was top-down aspect of something funny, and then a bottom-up kind of aspect of it was we need more filters in block. So the idea of stopping half your crew, I originally had more qualifications for each of those. I made one of each. And they said, you know, unless you have blah, stop, half of your away team, round down. And then um, got some advice from one of the designers at the time who said, well, why aren't we, you know, getting rid of the qualifications and just stop half? Then you think about it. Um, one of the... We, we have documents in our possession as designers that explain, uh, if you will, costs for... <laughs> pseudo-costs for 1E cards. And one of the principles about... And this was good that Charlie brought it up in one of his articles is that basically Dead of a Neural Parasites is too good. Uh, yeah, it is. It's way too good. And it breaks the, if you will, power curve of dilemmas. So in other words, if you're going to design a dilemma, it cannot be, it should never be better or as good as Dead of a Neural Parasites, for example. So, well, you know, I'm not going to design a card that says kill half your way team, but... Stop half your weight team is an interesting filter, and if there's no qualification to it, no way to get around it, then that's also interesting too. So, I mean, we have, there are cards, there are dilemmas that basically just stop the away team, and 
like Ferengi Bug. It, you almost never get past that. Or Kaluku or Kulpulu or the animal from Animal Dilemma from Trouble with Tribbles. And those are dilemmas that you just can't get past. And then there's, you know, the access denied bullshit. Pardon my language. Um, but that, you know, hopefully that's going to get fixed at some point. Um, in any event, so, you know, here, here's a dilemma that filters half the away team without, and almost is impossible to, to nullify. So this is fantastic. You know, this is, this is cool. So I'm excited, you know, you know, it, it took a while, right? And this is why I'm, I think we need to have the second challenge be, let's fix that dilemma that you make. Because at first it was, you need blah to get past, or it stops half your weight team. And I wanted a dilemma that wasn't just, if you don't have blah, everyone is stopped. I wanted a filter because filters are interesting because when you get rid of half the away team and then there's a dilemma after that that says, unless blah, super devastating things happen, that's interesting, right? But you need an adequate filter for that to happen. So the dilemma combo is you spend a seed slot on filtering out half your guys and then because half your guys are missing, well, some nasty shit's going to go down. So... <clears throat> that's interesting, right? And then there's other dilemmas that filter too, like Chula the Chandra, and that was the one card in block, basically, that was there as a filter. Um, and that's very random. You're going to stop two to all guys, whereas here's something where you'll stop more than two guys if there's more than four guys, right? Um, but you're never going to stop more than half the away team, which is great. So it was just it, it just came together and gelled, but it took several iterations, and it took playtesting. And so design is not so much about coming up with a brilliant idea and then it gets published. Design is about coming up with an interesting idea that gets fermented and thrown against the wall and tried in several decks. Practice, 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 try it, try it, play it, play it, think about it. And then... If it still sticks around and people are like, yeah, this is a cool card, then then yes, you publish it. You can you can publish it at that point. So I really just hope that in in this whole effort we get interesting ideas, but then not just poo-poo them and say, oh, that's totally unworkable. Get out of here. We go, that's an interesting seed of an idea. Let's take it further. Let's Let's play around with it. Let's bounce it around. And, and so any, any sort of design... And another problem with this, with this challenge is, is it is you're working alone, and, and that's fine. I worked alone a lot on my stuff, and then it went on a forum, and then people looked at it, and then from that, nine ideas became three, and so on and so forth. But there is always this aspect of someone else looking at it before you take it any further so in this case I know that the designers aren't encouraged to work with other designers uh, and that's good I just don't you know there's going to be that conflict where people say oh well if I work with other people on this then are they going to steal my idea are they going to really help me maybe it's a competition right so um, at the end of the day are people really going to work together or are they going to try to sabotage each other? Now, given our community, sabotage seems highly unlikely, but I'm not going to rule it out because I imagine that of the nine people 
that are participating, at least half of them really want to be a designer, really want to spend the time and become the next 1E designer. So that's just a problem. And, and hopefully the format of Make It So where it's everyone stays in until the last challenge, maybe that will encourage more working together. I just, at the end of the day, I'm very skeptical about everything. And when I design cards, to tie this in, when I design cards, I like to come up with off-the-wall ideas, and I don't mind them getting rejected just out of hand. But I at least want us to consider going a little bit out of the comfort zone and then reeling it back in. I always feel like when design happens, it I prefer to go outside the norm and reel my way back in rather than design under design and then try to work my way out. For ex- and, and now I'm getting off topic again, but that's okay because this is kind of interesting. When we look at the early virtual sets for 1E, Chain of Command and Life from Lifelessness, we see exactly the latter, where cards were designed that weren't very interesting. Out of, out of the, all the cards in Chain of Command, there was only one interesting card, and that was the USS Enterprise, which downloaded Wall of Ships. Because when you could download Wall of Ships with the USS Enterprise, you could download another Enterprise. And so you get two ships for the price of one. And so, in, in, so that's a kind of card that pushes the boundaries. It was it's very rare for one ship to be to get a second ship. So that was cool and exciting and interesting. Whereas you had a Riker that downloaded something that didn't exist yet, which is okay, right? It's interesting, yeah, yeah, whatever. And you got another match commander, right, for the Enterprise E, but no one was playing Enterprise E yet. Now, fortunately, it did pay off. But you've got the Cisco, you've got the Klingon guy, you've got the Janeway, you've got that Voyager. I mean, those cards aren't particularly interesting. Uh, and, and I feel like it was the designers going, no, 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 we're just dipping our toes in 1E and we don't want to make anyone upset. So rather than make interesting cards, they made very boring cards that were just binder fodder. And I don't want, no, 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 design, you don't make binder fodder, whatever you do. I mean, sure, if you need binder fodder for constructed play because you are building a draftable set, that's fine. I'm okay with that, but uh, time has proven time and time again, or it's been proven time and time again, that uh, drafting virtually is just not that exciting for players. At least I don't think it is, especially a 1E. I've never done 1E draft virtually, and I know we're trying to make that a thing, but my God, uh, I know Daniel's group's done it, but I just don't don't know if players are going to find that interesting, plus it's very cumbersome to put together the whole thing. So... Yeah, if we're going to design personnel that are kind of boring because you need things to be draftable because it's a virtual format and you need certain skills to be there, great. Cool. But most, I think 90% of the tournaments right now are constructed. I could be wrong. I'm pulling numbers out of my ass. So let's just make every card interesting in a constructed deck. And I know that was the intention going out, but that isn't what happened. And Life from Lifelessness suffered from this too. So... Uh, there's like three or four interesting cards. The Genesis Effect was interesting for a while. And everyone got a card, and they made almost one of every card. They even made that weird tactic that I don't think anyone plays with. 
anyway, um, so instead of doing life from lifelessness, um, and instead of, I mean, I don't know, what's some of the more interesting offerings from 1E right now, virtually? Um, I guess this most recent block was kind of interesting. Uh, Straight and Steady was okay-ish. Shades of Grey was um, interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm... I'm not a fan of continuing committee or continuing mission. There's been interesting 1E cards here and there. And yeah, I guess I'm just, you know, I think the what I'm really excited for is the mirror stuff that's coming out two years from now. And we'll see what happens with Deep Space Nine. Right now, we'll see. I, I'm, I'm not, I have no prediction whatsoever. Um, it's really going to be interesting to see how players receive it. So, in short, push the boundaries, but also do not break power curves. Whatever you do, don't make a card better than Denimin. Um or, or even the Q Dilemma. Yeah, the Q Dilemma is good. What, what, I was... Whenever I read dream cards, and one more point. Whenever I look at dream cards, I always see cards that are just ridiculously overpowered. And uh, there was a there was a contest one time on one of the dream card boards on like Yahoo, whatever. And it was take basically the picture of bigger tattoo and make a interrupt event out of it. And I thought that was a fun idea. Um, I submitted some card that was you know not terribly overpowered, but was interesting. Like, it was some deck manipulation stuff that was very strange. Uh, and the winning card, by popular vote, was one that was, like, if you have encountered this dilemma before, it was, like, an adapt or something for normal players. I'm like, are you kidding me? Uh, you can't nullify dilemmas with cards and money. Uh, you, don't, you don't do that. Or it was, like, draw four cards if you're doing things. I'm like, are you kidding me? Uh, but people, people like very powerful cards, uh, players like very powerful cards, but I, I I want to emphasize design that emphasizes expansion without pro uh, without what's the word I'm looking for here without uh, inflation, if you will. Expansion without inflation, I guess, is one way to put it. I know there's a better way to say it, but just yeah, we don't want to shift the power curve up. Uh, we don't want another Voyager on our hands, which is unfortunately maybe what happened with continuing committee, continuing mission. I keep saying that. So, I don't know. We, uh, indeed, I, and, and it's important. Why is it important, Corbin? Uh, because we've seen problems when that happens. Voyager, Holodeck Adventures are prime examples of this. Holodeck Adventures, the most broken 1E set of all time made uh, Bajoran Resistance Cell, made Holograms amazing. It allowed countless broken things uh, to happen. And and it might have been deciphered either trying to make the game more interesting or trying to make the game more profitable. Either way, it, it, I don't know if either occurred. It probably turned off more players than it brought in. Um, 
because of the power shift. So, I mean, I don't have data, obviously, but I, I just feel that everyone I talk to always says, oh, yeah, Holodeck Adventures was, um, was a low point in the game because of the crazy amount of powerful cards in it. Uh, Dixon, Office of Dixon Hill, for example. It's the, the other Hollow programs, most of them are, are kind of janky, mo- very janky. So, and uh, Cyrus Redblock making Ankari spirits even better, you know, all that sort of thing. Uh, Vic Fontaine, right? There, there's the card, right? Uh, download any card. I mean, <laughs> if you weren't building a deck around Vic Fontaine, you were doing it wrong at that point. So, yeah, there you go. Um, very, very powerful cards. We don't, so, I mean, at the same time, you know, I'm trying to say don't make boring cards, but don't make holiday adventures, right? So, what's the balance? Well, that's the challenge, right? And, and here's the thing, I don't think it's up to designers so much, at least off the bat, to come up with the right power distribution. I feel that's more for playtesters. But if, if, you, if you're building a Dilemma, for example, and it's like, you know, Dual Dilemma uh, stops your away team, discard Dilemma, right? Uh, that's, that's interesting. Um, in open... Um, I don't know if that's actually... that's That might just be an interesting baseline of a card. And I don't know if that's too powerful. Um, it is certainly... Uh, it's certainly more powerful than dilemmas that are out there. And... I mean, maybe if you put an AU icon on it to only let... Fed, so, you know, you could... Let's take, a, let's take a step back here. Another step back. So, um, with such a card like that, you know, first, there's 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 a few ways you can go about a, uh, creating a card, um, and you could grasp it weird, you know, game text like what I did before, but I think the better way to approach like a bottom up strategy is to say, how can I make a card that makes a certain group of decks or a certain kind of deck better, and Hopefully it's like many decks, right? And dilemmas are a tricky way to go about that. You can, you could do that, and I don't think we're doing that right now. Um, where you, let's say you want to make Borg's a bad example, but let's say you wanted to make make holographic decks better for whatever reason. They're amazingly good right now, but you'd want to maybe make a dilemma. Um, what you know, you think about what are the pros of hologram decks. Your holograms can't die. They're easy to get into play. You can download whoever you need, and they've got a 55-point mission that's reasonably easy to do. Um, And then the cons are that you have to grab... uh, you, You have to... They can't beam down to planets, and they can... If you have a crew of all holograms... Um, an opponent can intrude and then erase them all. So those are the pros and cons of a holograph, holographic heavy deck. So let's make a challenge here. Make a dilemma that a holographic deck would seed that would benefit them or more hinder their opponent. So in 2e, that sounds easy enough to do. <laughs> and that's really more of a 2e task, but let's just see what we can throw around with 1e here. So... You could make a dilemma 
that says, you know, if your opponent has a hologram in play, then, you know, doubles the requirements. Or maybe you can make a, a dilemma that says if your opponent has not solved the planet mission yet, because planet missions would theoretically be harder to do for holographic, um, for hologram uh, uh, decks. And, I mean, there's not much precedent for that sort of thing in 1E. And, and I'm, I'm, I might be just grasping at straws here trying to come up with an interesting thing to say. But if you can think about trying to make certain kinds of decks better, maybe... Yeah, that's kind of hard to do with Dilemmas in 1E, but if you could do that or even start... I don't know. A lot of people are saying, you know, don't start new precedences with your Dilemmas. Um, and maybe that's this is not the place to really go about that. Uh, might be better to do with events and interrupts. But 1E is very subtle about uh, what's good and bad in affiliations and deck types. And, I mean, 2E is more explicit about it. When you think in 2E, you go, Bajorans are good at discard pile recovery. Well, what are Bajorans good at 1E? They can report a shit ton of resistance guys for free. Uh, so, you know, um, but you have to have, remember a certain card and seed that card. And you go, well, they also have a Nor that is sometimes used, but they can't always seed it. Um, so it's harder to kind of actualize what uh, subtle and interesting ways to make certain groups of decks better or worse. So a good 1E designer, I think, needs to consider those things and consider, I guess what, what you really should be considering, though, for this, let's say you were designing Deep Space Nine and you're looking at block and you're going, well, even though, you know, I if I was the, the, the dilemma designer for DS9, what I would have done is I would have looked at the dilemmas that are rotating out. I would have looked at the dilemmas we have now and said, okay, with those dilemmas gone, is there anything we absolutely positively have to keep in? Can we make a new card? Or better yet, can we simply reprint something that is rotating out and put it in a home front design and keep it in maybe? Or can we put it in a supplemental? And then go, okay, are there any cards that are already made that we can reprint. And not just, you know, so you can you can either reprint a card that's explicitly being tossed out or just reprint something that already exists and put it into block. And and then, if nothing exists, and the reason, you know, you want to do that is those cards have already been tested and all that would have to be left for playtesters to do is playtest those in block. And so instead, you ask yourself, you know, can we not... I always like to default to reprinting if we can. And then, if absolutely positively necessary, then design something. And then go, okay, now we have to consider what we need to put back into block. And once once we feel like we're happy with where block is, then you can start designing dilemmas for constructed. And then, as you design card for block, you have to make sure they're not going to be too obtrusive and constructed and that sort of thing. Um, I don't know if... <laughs> If design does that, and I think we really ought to, 
but you know, that is the approach I would take to anything like this. So I kind of wish for this challenge you had that in mind to, to think about, but that's not how it is right now. Um, the challenge didn't say anything about if you were designing Deep Space Nine, and I, I kind of wish it had, but you know, that's how it goes. So, all right, that's enough blabbering for me on one episode. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can call me at 267-CALL-CPJ or drop me a PM on the message boards at CorbinQ27. Also, I added a blog post today called The Zen of First Edition. Feel free to go take a look at it if you like. Drop me a comment if you find it interesting or stupid. And I'm kind of hoping that people will add on to this over time and consider other interesting aspects of First Edition that I didn't put on there. All right. I'm your host, Corbin Johnson, saying so long and thanks for all the trek.